Hello and welcome to The Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein. Today we continue in our series on how to survive through adversity. Dr. Bernstein, or Peter, as he likes to be called, is a coach and mentor with 49 years of experience, almost 50, helping people survive and grow through trauma, struggles, and hard times, the stuff of real life. The goal of our series is to help you discover what we've experienced, that adversity is more than a trial to endure. It can be an exciting opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. Well... Welcome back. Is that what we say? Yes, we say welcome back. This is back. the highlight of our week. <laughs> it is. And for me, it is. And uh, I'm glad to be here. I really am. And you know what I realize is that most of the time, within a week's period of time between broadcasts, we have experienced so much about what we're write- what we're speaking about, writing about. That is so true. <clears throat> that uh, it, it gives us time to reflect, get a little perspective, get a little, uh, take something out of it that we can offer other people with heart um, and empathy and understanding that possibly we wouldn't have had. I wouldn't say it's easy. No. And uh, we can say adversity is exciting. I can also tell you it's very difficult at times. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when I hear that, I go, well, yeah, uh, the big picture is it's exciting. And that is the truth. The day-to-day stuff isn't so exciting, and it's tough. We're here talking about a, a condition of life, a part of life that is tough. And not everybody wants to face it or look at it. I'll tell you what, I don't blame them. Um, if I would have had my choice at some point, I would have said the same thing. It's not what I want to fu- look at. I want to go play. I want to have fun. I want to go do all the enjoyable things that everybody else does. But there's a time in our life when this part of life hits everybody. Nobody's immune. <clears throat> this is a time in our lives when we're here to share our experiences and reach out to those people that have, for one reason or another, either they're not by choice, but they're, in fact, I just talked to Mimi Emerald today, um, who's been a guest, remarkable um, she's little in stature. She's a giant as a person. And she was telling, she is a caregiver for her mom. She's been a caregiver mm-hmm. for her dad and grandfather who passed away and now her mom. And, um, it's, it, she too is moving toward the end of, of, uh, things her mom is. And it's, it's a tough time. And she says she's tired. She's not sleeping much. And I said, I can understand that. I'm oh, tired boy. too. Yes. And I don't sleep well We've either. Been there. But Mimi's a real trooper. And she said, well, you know, I'm here, I'm alive to be able to do this for them. And Mimi expected that she was going to be gone by the age of 15. Mm-hmm. And here she is at a later part in her life, and she's taking care of those people that took care of her. She's a pretty incredible woman. She is. She really is. She is. And I saw some other people, too. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but they were so sweet. And uh, they've also gone through plenty of hard times. So we know plenty of people do. And are facing difficulties and each one of them has such a heartfelt empathy and sensitivity and compassion and they're remarkable really, really just wonderful people and certainly to me and uh, for Lynn who they all love but they seem to have a love and a support of caring for me <clears throat> and that to me means so much um, I've also seen this week that um, the world goes on 
no matter what we're going through at this part difficult part of life and not everybody is part of this and uh, even connects with this part of life it's may not be on them they may not want to do it and they some people can be pretty heartless and difficult and really they don't have any concern or caring about what people go through and I, I've run into that a couple of times this week already and I realize you know I look at that and I go you know one more thing I'm not willing to take on right now and and some of it can be very negative and not very nice and frankly I've had to draw the line about what's really important in my life and where I put my energies. And I realize other people have to do that too. I'm they not do. the only one. They do. But this week I've run into it a couple of times and it's it doesn't feel good because when you go through what we're going through and dealing with and helping out, there is a sense of vulnerability. Yes. That um, we're not really out there beating the pavement and being tough people. We're dealing with something, a life and death and, and helping folks that are struggling. So it's different. And not everybody wants to relate to it or can or even is part of it. No, but we do what we do have to offer, what we want to offer, are um, support and help for people who are facing adversity and hard times. We've particularly been focusing on caregiving. Um, but in some of the reading that you did this week, I want to give people just a little bit of a preview of what mm -hmm. we're going to talk about today, something yeah. that we can offer that I think will be of real value. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to pose a, a kind of a, a, a provocative question, um, a thought-provoking question. Um, which emotion, we're going to be talking about an emotion that can play a key role in overcoming adversity, and finding success in work and life. And I think people will be surprised. They'll be to surprised they already know the answer. Which an know, emotion yeah. this is. Well Peter okay. Peter knows because he found this this yeah. we have a book that we were looking yeah, at this week. It's and we've I've I've been referencing a book called Supernormal by uh, Meg Jay. She's a clinical psychologist. It's a really good book. It is. It's more clinical than I would personally uh, enjoy reading anymore because I've been had so much of that in my life. But it's a really good book, um, and she talks about a lot of the things that we talk about, um, and she uses a lot of the studies, clinical studies, of folks that have gone through so much, and where you would have thought that people have gone through so much, they'd be beaten down, they would be the victims of life um, because of what they've been through. That's not the case. In fact, most of the folks she writes about, they found that percentages, and don't quote me right now, because um, I'm not going to even say them because I'm afraid I can't remember them right now. But really, she interviewed and many of these clinical studies of folks that have had such traumatic backgrounds and upbringings. And I think, uh, her, if I can just, her point in interviewing these people is that so many people would assume that someone or these people who have had such a difficult life, so many setbacks, so many things that didn't go right, that the rest of their life might be less than satisfactory. And it can be. But it was interesting because that's not the case, a good part of the percentages of what I remember. And actually the folks that were the most successful in their lives and the most fulfilled and um, had achieved so much were the ones that you never would have thought would have made it. And yet they had a certain tenacity to overcome. And um, in it, they became bigger people, stronger, more courageous. Um, more capable. So instead of their being embittered and victimized, being feeling like victims of life and uh, how life has been so unfair to them, these are the folks, there are so many 
that have risen above their circumstances and found in it a, a resilience that was would have been unimaginable. And we've been talking about that a lot. By the way, we want to talk about what the, the title of this t- is today. Sure, that's an important part of it too. Yeah, and I'd like to do that because I think it applies a lot to what we do. I put my glasses on. Unless... Yes, we can. Okay. I already have mine on. Okay. All right. And this is something we something that we I wrote last night, but it's called "To Face Adversity." We'll come to the place in our lives of facing our own humanity, and I want to talk about that today because uh, it's not necessarily a really exciting process to go through. It's no. a very difficult one, but yet um, there's something about it, and to me, it's very personal um, because something that uh, that when we talk about this, we're talking about. I, I think when I've, I've mentioned it, I've alluded to it, kind of, and talked about it several times. But when we went to Navy SEALs conferences, they talked about adver- adversity, trials, and difficulty to introduce a man to himself. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the same thing: finding your humanity in it, finding your true strength too yes. to overcome. Yes, um, in ways that you never would have experienced or even come up to unless you had been going through the difficulties of life and not run away. Um, and I, I am in total agreement about it. Um, but I'm also finding there's more to this than than just the simpleness of it. Yeah. Because I find, and I want to share this, uh, that um, if you're a person that's gone through a lot of adversity in life, and I have, um, one of the things is you 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 believe that you're really strong and you have a lot of control, and uh, in in changing things and making things happen in new ways and overcoming, and I think that there's a there's another truth, and that is we don't have the ultimate power at all, and that when we come to that place, I know for myself it is so painful and so difficult to realize that we don't have all the answers, we don't have all of the um, not just the answers, but the capabilities of making others get better, feel better, be better, we may have to admit in a most difficult way that it's the power is not in our hands and that we can't always do anything. To me, uh, I can all, I'll speak for myself, I find that to be very painful. And yet at the same time, there's no getting away from it. And it's uh, when they talked about in the Navy SEALs that adversity introduces a man or person to themselves. They're not kidding. Because what you get to see is not only your strengths, but you begin to see the, the weaknesses, the, 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 the limitations. The limitations yeah. that we have. That to me is painful. Oh, Particularly yes. when you want to do good for others. It's very hard to accept that we are going to have limitations no matter how capable we become in life. We will never get to the point where we don't have limitations and vulnerabilities. Well, in the part of life that we're talking about, um, it's inevitable that you're going to run up against us because we're talking about a condition of life um, that is not what everybody wants to admit to, wants to face. In fact, I think our whole society is set up to avoid it um, and run away from it. We're talking about addressing the, the part of life that's really hard. When uh, people that our loved ones are sick, uh, we're helping others that are, are doing poorly, and um, they're fighting. They're fighting for their lives, and ultimately aren't going to live. We're there at their side, taking care of them. Um, 
and it's a it's a very very tough thing to go through why people don't want to face it i'll tell you why none of us do and i don't blame you i don't either want i don't either but what i'm finding and you know i'll be honest with you when i go down the street on a saturday evening and i see people being playful having a good time wanting to go out and party i don't blame them and i used to be that way too yeah and i envy that they're doing that um and i also know that there's so much more to life than the way the pleasures of life are set up, the distractions. Um, what we're set up to avoid is inevitably going to come into each of our lives. To enrich our lives, that's right. Yeah, that's hard. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. If you're just joining us, I want to let you know that today's title is To Face Adversity, We Must Come to a Place Where We Face Our Own Humanity. And by that, we mean that no matter how strong and capable we may become in life, and however determined we are to make our lives rich and full and everything go well, we will all come to the time when we don't have the control that we think we'd like to have. Uh, And often this time comes, can come, when we start to either look at our own mortality or the mortality of someone we love. Well, in helping others, you're going to ultimately deal with your own mortality and the issues that we normally could avoid. But I think one of the things, and I, I just wrote, looking at some of my notes for some writing that I did, and it says we can only hold up and do the best we can within our own limitations to control and do whatever we can to help lovingly and caringly with as much skill as we can for as long as we can until we reach the end of our own abilities. And none of us like to feel powerless. That's the thing. I can speak from personal um, experience. That's to me, is really hard um, because it happens to everybody. And I think that the, the whole situ- the, the, the situations we're talking about for caregiving um, are set up in a way and designed for a way that the caregivers have to face who they are in their lives. And I think it's a very difficult calling. Um, I'm amazed at the people that voluntarily have a career in helping others and giving and being a part of this part of life. I think they're an incredible blessing. It's an extremely difficult, um, and it's it's also lonely. Uh, they're not really social socializing in the lightest ways. They're giving so much of themselves so selflessly helping others who are so distressed and struggling um, I, I, I gotta say I'm amazed at the quality of people that are involved in caregiving I think they're extraordinary people I also have come to realize something else most caregivers have had their own difficult and painful backgrounds yes and uh, that's striking me more and more 
that you just don't do this and walk into a cold and go, I'm ready to go. And you don't do it from going to school. You don't do it from reading books or getting your degrees. There's more to it than that. No, to be a, a person with empathy uh, often means something that happened in the past that, that was a painful part of life. It's usually more than something. It's yeah. usually more. And you, you uh, mentioned earlier, you asked a question, that there's an emotion where yes. there's a state of being um, that that can the, play a it can play I think like we talked about a key role in overcoming adversity yeah. and finding a way to a meaningful yeah. successful and it's, life. It's anger. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's anger. Yes, but that, we're not talking about rage. We're not talking about you know being a victim of life and feeling embittered that life has been so unfair. And we're not talking about that kind of anger. No, we're talking about um, anger that we apply to, to surviving to problem solving, to overcoming, to working through. Um, that's a different kind of thing. In fact, that's a different part of your brain even. Um, and we talk about, uh, I'll just allude, I'll tell you about this in a minute. The amygdala is a part of the brain and that's a fear center and, and it produces emotion, anger. Um, but the messages are sent to the prefrontal cortex. And that's usually the thinking, organizing, the process. reasoning part of our brain right side. makes decisions, mm -hmm. thinks through things. That's right. Yeah. And well, the right side is anger. It will. It, it it also processes anger, but it's the side that is almost like impotent with it, and uh, is where there's a victim mentality where mm -hmm. there's no positive action that comes out of it. It's the left side of the prefrontal cortex that takes that anger. And makes it into something so productive to overcome, to address difficulties and challenges in a positive way and overcoming. To put it into action in That's some right. it put, it, in a forward-moving way. And you need it. In a constructive way. That's right. Yeah. The folks that we know that are caregivers, although they're, so, they're very loving and sacrificing, um, I'll be honest with you, for them to do what they do every day, they've had to overcome so much in their lives to get to this place. And that's the part I don't want to forget, that these folks have been through a lot, or they wouldn't be doing this. No, they wouldn't feel the passion and the calling for what they're they doing. They wouldn't. And in fact, what kind of presence would they be if they were so discouraged and despairing and defeated? Um, they wouldn't be a very good presence, and yet so many of them are so loving and nourishing and nurturing and quite good at what they do um, as far as a practical experience. But it's it's their attitude, it's their heartfelt desire to give and to care for others. Um, it's an extraordinary calling, um, and frankly, it's probably touched me more than any other calling that I've ever seen. So, um, but I think about these folks, and I think about the things we've talked about in other broadcasts, about um, the skill set that it takes. Um, and what you need to do in order to be a good caregiver and be resilient and hang in there. And uh, a couple of things we read in this book with Meg, what is her name, Meg J? Meg J, yes. Um, she was Super talking normal. about a couple of things that were very interesting. That a lot of the folks that uh, some of the studies found, it wasn't necessarily IQ and intelligence that created this overcoming ability. It had to do with perseverance and tenacity and grit. She used the term grit. Grit and passion. Yes. And these are the folks that do so much better. And they've had to dig in pretty deep to get to that place. And uh, in, in, many, in many things in life that challenge them to succeed and to do whatever they do, they need that 
they need that to uh, to to make it through. So well, let, me, let me just ask: There's a difference between being um, determined and tenacious and being stubborn. And so where we're going is in the positive direction, where you're going to move forward, and not in the in that holding. I, I maybe I've interrupted you in the, in the flow, but to me, I just want to make it clear that there's a there's just to keep in mind that what we're talking about is something that moves you forward. Right. It isn't a holding. It isn't a, a trying to grasp control by being that kind of tenacious. It's a tenacious to move forward towards something better. And not to allow yourself to be defeated. Right. People that are stubborn a lot of times are in a defeated place. They just are, they're just stuck in a victim mentality of just in that place of feeling sorry for themselves being mad at the world and they're not going to budge right that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the other kind of anger the anger to address problems to overcome to find new ways to meet the challenges that they're presented to us well applying that to caregivers my gosh their attitude has to be as the situations change with the folks who are taking care they've got to find new ways um, to help because it's, as the person they're taking care of is processing through their lives, so many different variations come up and they've got to be able to meet those challenges lovingly, nourishingly, selflessly. But under behind it all, there's got to be a grit and a determination and a form of assertiveness or anger in the most positive way because they're going to have to find new solutions these very difficult problems and it's not a one-time deal so they do have that passion they do have that determination and it didn't just happen overnight usually it comes from their own lives and what they've overcome what we have discovered and i want to say this is and i'll tell you why i'm going to bring it up because yes they have they're able to do it the best of them are just incredible and we've seen so many but i've also got to tell you they are wounded people too Mm-hmm. And they have either the scars of what's healed or they have wounds. And in the caregiving relationship, the possibilities of those wounds being exposed is 100%. Oh, it's going to happen. And if they're scars, there'll be scars. But if it's wounds, they're right at the surface. We've been talking, and I want to bring it up today again, is, well, how do caregivers deal with that? Because that's part of the process they have to face. And we've been teaching over and over again, and we believe it really works. Um, not denial, but we talk about pushing the pause button. It, it, we talk about being triggered. Well, what's triggered mean? It means when we're dealing with other folks that are in distress and pain, it's going to begin to, it may, within the relationship of caregiving to, to those that we care for, um, bring up some old memory without our consciously trying to do it it just begins to happen and it may come from our old wounds and once that comes to the surface that if we don't know how to deal with it it can become very interfering and contaminating to the present relationship that is so precious so we've been teaching people number one to recognize when triggerings happen and part of it when they do recognize it is to they have to admit to themselves and know themselves well of who they are the wounds they carry the the healed scars they hold um and how it affected them and how it continues to affect them so they've got to know themselves pretty well they don't have to be cured no but they have to know who they are and um 
they also have to see this as not something that makes them, as we've just been talking about, that these wounds don't make them a victim. That's right. They don't make them powerless, helpless, without hope. These wounds with that maybe a little anger, a little strength, a little creativity, um, like you're talking about to face the challenge of how can I, here it comes again. Here's this thing that has plagued me from my past that keeps bringing pain and difficulty into my life and getting in the way of what I really want to do. What can I do? How can I move forward now? And that that that's a little different track, but okay. I mean, yeah, that would be part of that could be part of the process for sure. But I think we were talking about it more as a tool to understanding that this process is part of the selfless caregiving type of work uh, in life and relationship. Uh, what I was thinking about more or less is to recognize because of our past and because of what we've been through that the possibilities for triggering are very high Um, because we're going to be broken down ourselves. We're going to be stripped ourselves, and whatever's there is going to be exposed. If we know about it and begin to recognize it, we we can put, well, we can do some things to alleviate it, contaminating and undermining the very precious and important relationship of caring for someone in great distress and pain and Um, life-threatening situations. If we don't, one of the things we've learned about triggering is that the old reactions, the old experiences will begin to creep right up into the present and contaminate and undermine what we're doing. That's not okay. So we've talked about many times about how to begin to recognize the triggers and how they manifest themselves in our own bodies, which is very important in our own energies, in our own spirit. Um, We've got to know about them. We've got to know what our um, baseline is of who we are because when they come, you got to go, there it is. And even though it doesn't feel good, we have to put it on hold because it can really undermine and contaminate the loving, nourishing relationship we have to offer folks that are 100% dependent. Um, But we also tell folks there will be a time we're only talking about a pause, but we're not talking permanently denying it, that you're going to have to deal with whatever's been brought to the surface. Now, folks that are really into growing and really uh, developing know that this is another opportunity, as painful as it may be, to heal some of these old wounds. Yes. So that's one of the benefits, but the process is very painful. It's very difficult. Yes, yes it, it is. It's a painful one, sure. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Uh, Just before our break, we were talking about some of the challenges uh, in caregiving and uh, for people in adversity, although we're focusing more on caregivers, um, when the situations that uh, we're in cause us to get triggered. Um, Some of our old painful wounds get stimulated 
and if we're not careful, can uh, come up and undermine and contaminate the present and the loving, empathic relationship that right. that a caregiver wants to wants to maintain with the person they're caring and for. And this relationship that's so essential. Yes, it's a selflessness, and it's it's a lot to ask, but it's 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 something that goes with the territory. But I want to go back for a minute to connect this up with something. We were talking about our own traumas, and we're talking about folks that have had to overcome in their own lives great difficulties and challenges that um, could have destroyed them. And one of the things that we've been talking about, we mentioned Meg Jay's book about supernormal. These are the folks that really have a way of getting through, overcoming, and becoming the find, dis, discovering a calling in their lives, uh, becoming the people they're meant to be. Um, to be caregivers, I think it's got to come that way. But the chances of be, being triggered and that old stuff coming up are so high. So you've got to know that there's a skill set, there's a toolbox that we're offering people, the caregivers, about how to cope. Um, and one of the things we're finding about good caregivers, they don't always have this, the skill, the toolbox. And that's one of the things we want to give them. Um, that's one of the things that we work with a lot. We also want to, I also want to say one thing, that even if we give, and we are going to, of course, share the tools with you anytime you need them, but that doesn't dismiss what you have to go through. You are human. And if you're dealing with such a difficult, challenging situation and you're not running away, and the caregivers I know, and we're talking about don't run away, <clears throat> many people do. They're just afraid their relationship abilities aren't very good. Um, and they just really don't know how to face tough times. They don't have that grit. They they have not developed it. No. Nope. In fact, they ran away so many times, it's not much grit at all, or perseverance. But for the folks that, that do have it, um, we want them to know that you got to know how to do this because you're going to survive this. You're going to grow from it, but you're going to feel what everybody else feels. There is a time that no matter how good you are at this, no matter how much acceptance you have of the situation and your role in it and the folks you love that are going through it, there is a time when we get exhausted. We call it compassion fatigue. We're not talking about burnout. We're talking about the stresses of the situation. That goes with the territory. you got to know how to cope with it. And uh, But there is a time when you need to begin to recognize how it's affecting you. Um, what's your body beginning to feel like? These emotions affect your body. What kind of pain do you feel? Where do you feel the tension? Um, what do you begin to recognize about how you, you may even not know the emotion that you're feeling yet, but your heart may be beating really fast. Or you notice your, your, your jaw is getting tight and your hands are clenching. And you may not know, but that's that's anger. You're talking about some warning signs. You're not in burnout yet, but no. there are some warning signs that if you didn't pay attention to them, you could end up in burnout. And the point, that's right, and the point that I was going to make is it happens to all of us. That's just one. That's how our body, the biology, reacts to being angry and enraged. It may not even deal with, be part of the present. It may be that we're depleted and exhausted or whatever in that kind of situation. And it may bring up remnants of our past. And all of a sudden, our bodies are starting to tense up. Heart's beating fast. The adrenaline rush is happening. And it's not really appropriate 
for what's going on in the present. It doesn't fit. No. That's right. So you got to know what that feels like because you're going to have to deal with it later. We yes. call, call it, you push the pause button now, you're going to have to get to straight. You set it out. aside, but you come back to it. And that's right. You're, the things of despair, discouragement, anger, sadness, grief, fearfulness, all of these things happen to all of us because that's emotionality. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's a, to me it's a it's tough it's it's a very unpleasant part of who we are, and when it comes up it never feels good, it it hurts we're, we're feeling the pain of it. We have to begin to accept that we are as human as anybody else, and that we have the same kind of vulnerabilities as anybody else, but we don't we don't have the luxury of just indulging them or denying them. We got to face them and deal with them. As soon as we can, because we have to come back, and we got to have that resilience to come back with a hopeful perspective and a and a nurturing, nourishing presence again. It's definitely doable, but when you face it, you've got to have the tools to. Well, how do I get rid of this stuff? How do I decompress it? That's what we our our experience and expertise is in, and that is to teach people. Hey. You've got to take, we call it taking some time. You're going to have to deal with these painful emotions that are coming up. And they are affecting your body and they're locked in. You make a distinction, um, and I'm not sure everyone listening knows this uh, for you. You make a distinction between feelings and emotions. Yeah. And then you use the word emotionality. Yeah. Uh, could you give us, I mean, yeah. Are emotions bad, good? Are feelings bad, good? What? How do you see this? Okay, that's a good distinction. We're talking about the overall state is called the felt state. Um, the term that was coined by... Uh, Genlin? No. Eugene Genlin. Eugene Genlin. Whew, very good. <laughs> okay. Pulled that right she out of the that. back there. I love that. She's younger <laughs> than I am. She's still remembering those things. Anyway, but that entails emotionality and the feeling state. What's the difference? We're born with a, a feeling state. That's part of the way we process information. We need that. In other words, it's not always negative. It's a way that we get readings intuitively on situations that we are feeling things in. And it's helping us to discern and understand better what's going on. You need to have that feeling state engaged. That's part of life. And it's a gift. It's a dimension of life that helps us read what's going on around us and res- learning to respond appropriately. Uh, it's, it's telling us when a situation is not safe. Um, that's our, our feeling state, not emotionality. And we've got to know how to respond to that. Um, it's also telling us when we are safe. When we are safe. And who we're with that, that we can trust and we can let down and be ourselves with. These are, this, that's a felt state. That's a feeling state. Mm-hmm. We need that dimension to our functioning. You don't have that and you're, you're handicapped. You're handicapped. Absolutely. Significantly handicapped. Okay. Emotionality is not necessarily that at all. Emotionality has to do with the emotions of situations that are churned up. It's a distortion of the felt state many times. Um, so when the emotions come and you're discouraged and you're despairing, um, you're sad, you're grieving, um, and it becomes so strong and overwhelming that you don't feel hope, that you feel completely overwhelmed, that you feel that you're all alone and isolated and defeated. That to me is, there's your emotionality and it's reflecting itself in your body, but that's emotion. 
and it's not going to help you. What you need to know that let's say you've had a sad life and you're helping someone and something's going on and you remember helping your mother who was dying or your brother or whatever and all of a sudden it brings back memories and you're feeling the grief and you're feeling the loss and the sadness and it's very hard after a while to be in the present when those emotions are are coming up or coming out and they're they're very strong that's what we have to begin to recognize and our bodies are going to be getting to hurt our energy if we're sad and low and depressed our energy is going to be low our thoughts are going to be pretty negative and defeated and feeling victimized and um, how unfair life has been and how isolated we are and lonely and despairing. Those are things that begin to happen. Excuse me, we have to recognize them. But if you begin to act on those things, you're going to really screw the present up good. And it's not going to come up very well. In fact, instead of giving, you're going to begin to suck the energy out of the, the uh the caregiving situation and relationship which you can't afford to do because your neediness or your dependencies in certain ways that are uh, are, are uh, rooted in the past don't give anything they're really not able to give anything You're, it's really wanting to take away so we have to be able to recognize them we got to know what they're part of in our lives and we got to know how to emotionally and physically get help in dealing with it. Now, that's one of our expertise. We call it a trauma recovery. We're good at it. And it can come from our past if it's developmental. It can come from shocking, traumatic situations that are, are closer than just in our far past. But we got to know what they are, and we got to know what they feel like, and then we got to know we've got to get some help in emotionally diffusing those things. We call it decompressing them. And many times it's what they call a cathartic type of um, help where you really you get those emotions out in a safe place if you're angry not where you can hurt somebody um, but you got to have a safe place to be able to vent that stuff and get help with it so you can get your perspective back and your support when you get rid of it your body's going to feel a lot better um, you're going to be breathing easier again your head will clear and it doesn't mean the situations that you're dealing with in real life are easy it means you go back with a sense of hope and freshness and an ability to give again with positive energy. To me, that's a lifeline. And particularly for caregivers, folks in this part of life that are dealing with this condition of life, they must know how to do this. Most of them don't. I have to say that. As good as they are, they don't know how to do they this. They don't have as many skills in this area as they no. could. You're right. And very few. And this is a, we feel that this is something we have got to communicate and show them how to do it. We've done it with some of our own caregivers on some of our teams at the Institute. Um, we did it with one of our beloveds who's a Fijian, Maritha, and it didn't take much, but my gosh, once we realized what was happening and what she had accumulated all week, we knew how to take care of it. And what it was doing to her body, it was creating massive headaches and tension, and she wasn't feeling good and she didn't know why. And the minute we just felt her shoulders and her neck and her trapezes. We knew, oh, my God, she's holding a lot. Well, sure enough, we could help her get that softened and, and the musculature relaxed, and all of a sudden the sorrow and sadness came out. And she's been exposed to a lot. She's she a has. true gifted caregiver. She really is. But yep. you can't just tough it out. No. 
No. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Uh, and again, if you're just joining us, uh, what we went into our break, we were talking about a toolbox uh, for caregivers who are going to inevitably be faced with uh, a challenging situations that bring up old pain from their past, stimulate old wounds. We talked about the feeling or felt state versus emotions and emotionality and how important it is to be able to distinguish between something that is your felt state, it gives you a reading on what's happening right now in the present and how to respond intuitively intuitively, versus emotions or emotionality in which you are not so much in the present and something has been stirred up in you that is not accurate and if you act on it can really cause trouble. Yeah. Is that um are the are the cameras on? I just want to say hi to all my Facebook friends over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hope you see this. And especially my friends from New Jersey and Florida. Hi. And uh, I appreciate your um comments on uh on what we're doing and um you're seeing me at this point in my life and you're going, Bernstein, this is the same Peter Bernstein that we knew when we were growing up, huh? It is. And I, they know that I've overcome a lot if I can be here today and talking the way I'm talking. But anyway, hi, everybody. Um, the subject matter is heavy duty. Yeah, I have to say it. So. I'm listening to it, and yeah, I know it is. It is. But I also know that these folks that are facing this, and this could be doctors, nurses, counselors, uh, professional caregivers, family members, it is a heavy dimension of life. It is a heavy condition of life. And we're all going to face it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we should go out and have a good time when we can. But that's, I'll tell you what, what we call it is a respite. It's a a break for self-care, and we all need to do that. That's another thing that's very important, to be with our loved ones and family separate from work, to be able to go do some other things that are very disconnected from work, um, to have a good time, absolutely. And I'm not using dr- I'm not talking drugs and alcohol, but absolutely, Um to do those things but the difference is not to run away not to pretend that this other part of life doesn't exist because what we need to be able to do is come back more resilient and refreshed and renewed so we can face more of the difficulties that we're here to work with and the folks that are struggling and they can't run away and they don't have it the ability anymore to have a good time and to enjoy themselves the way they used to we have to bring that sense of uplift or some sense of humor or something to um, to create a more positive energy to a very difficult situation. Do I think it's easy? Heck no. Do I think it's necessary? Yes. For that, for the folks we're taking care of and for ourselves too. Um, anyway, just wanted to mention that. Yes. Because yes. I know we've been, it's a heavy subject. It's right? a heavy subject. And, and the two other things... Uh, that you've mentioned, and we've talked about these before, that really help in painful, hard times are uh, a sense of hope 
and, and we're talking practical hope, not, right. not pie in the sky, Mm-mm. and a willingness to learn. Both of those are really important. I'm glad you brought them up. Okay, when we're talking hope, I'm glad you said that. I'm not one of these esoteric types about hope, but I am practical. Um, but here's what I know about hope. When you're in the midst of the emotional buildup, it's hard to feel hope. You have to know it deep down from past experience that this is all going to, you're going to come through it. This is all going to be worked out and there's going to be a better day. And I absolutely know that's true. But when you're in the midst of it, it's kind of hard because we can't see the positive outcome right now because our reality that we're dealing with and the reality of others isn't very positive and it's tough. Do we need support from others and perspective from others at that time? You bet. Mm -hmm. And to hear their perspective and their encouragement and uplifting, that really helps a lot. But to know that hope means, you know, having kind of the energy to know that there's going to be a better day and we don't even know what it looks like yet. That's another side to it, I think, that is hard, is that we don't know what it's going to look like. We know what we would like it to be, but we we can't make... We can't always make what we'd like to have happen happen, and we have to then have some faith that that something else... There's the key, faith. Yeah. You've got to have some faith and trust, and I don't mean just religious. I mean personal faith. The spiritual side to this part of ourselves is crucial um, and it's you got to have it you've got to deal with it um, because that's going to keep us going at these very difficult times that's where we get our energy and our passion to continue on if you don't have that then you go to hopelessness despair and you feel crushed and negative and bitter mm-hmm. so we're talking about having that faith having that trust knowing that things are going to work out eventually but when you're in the midst of the emotion of despair just know this. It's an emotional state that you got to deal with, either with help or with the skills that people uh, share with you and teach you, as we do. Um, and it's temporary. It's, it's something that you go through and purge, and it's part of being human, but it's not a permanent state. And that all of a sudden you begin to get through all the emotionality and you begin to feel hope again. If your body doesn't hurt so much anymore, that really gives you hope. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, too, is if you are in the felt state, like you said, and you're able to have perspective and see what's happening now, you may see some good things starting to appear that that you weren't expecting, maybe. Maybe it didn't turn out, things haven't worked out just exactly the way you'd liked, but if you can stay in the present, you might see some good things uh, that might come it's up. It's really important. We've seen folks, I'm just thinking of uh, somebody who's going through a hard time that we know. Um, and for a while, she, this is a young woman. She was not coping well. In fact, she was facing health issues that were very difficult. But the way she was dealing with it was making it so much worse. Mm-hmm. She was blaming the world, how unfair it was. She was taking it out on people. She was miserable. And it didn't make anything better. It made it worse. Yeah. And she didn't get people to feel empathy, although they knew she was truly not well. Yeah. They were trying to avoid her. They wanted to reach out and support her, but she was making it very hard for people to do that. And she needed the support. Yeah. It was very hard to do that. Yeah. So 
she's since done better i'll say that Mm -hmm. but um i've seen people go through much more difficult things um and they have a better attitude and that attitude keeps the energy more resilient keeps them uh, uh brings their head from feeling like they're drowning behind the this overwhelming difficulties they're facing they seem to come uh, get their head above water again they begin to see life in a better way and you know what they feel like grateful and appreciative and i don't mean for the big things for the littlest things and they just begin to see life differently if they can breathe if they can move if they can make progress in small little ways that other people take for granted but these folks can't do it it means so much yes it means that if they thought they were going to be in a painful dying process right away but it's it's gone on there's no pain they're they're going through it there's actually some progress they're totally grateful um, they're always striving to do better and to learn more. That's the other That issue. was the other one, yes. To be open to learning yeah. new ways to add to what you've known before and maybe change it, maybe do better, um, to, to add it to the, the reservoir of things that you've known how to do in the past, but to, to morph it into something new and more appropriate in the present. You've got to be open to new possibilities. I'll tell I, you that. I know that my experience in caregiving has been that way because um, as I care for as I care for Lynn, and her needs change. I need to learn new ways to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, I, I may need some training, I may need some questions answered, and I want to do that. And as she changes, then I change, I learn, and I can do better at what I do. I know. And you grow in the process. Right. Um, you know, we all run into our own blind spots, um, and this is an opportunity for us to work through them and become the people we're meant to be and not to be paralyzed by our old fears or old uh, emotions that come from the past, but to actually have the chance to work them out this time. And the situations call for that. So not only are you helping the person that's in terrible need, but you're helping yourself. And you're going to grow. And that's so important to become the best person you're meant to be while you're on this earth is what you've got to commit your life to, not the worst. And you're still going to go through the hard times that everybody else goes through. It's just what's your attitude? How are you going to get through them? And do you have the hope and skill level to get through them and to come back and be more resilient and more compassionate and bring positive, loving, nourishing energy? And skills again that's what's so really important anyway I feel that this is an important topic personally um, we're not denying anything we're not saying we're so superhuman and if super normal means that in this in this book of Nigeria then we're not talking about that I don't think she means that that's anyway. not what she means either no no we're talking about in spite of the difficulties that everybody else faces it's a different attitude toward overcoming we have seen, I want, you know, this thing we've talked about in here before when Mimi was on the show um, about, um, oh, let's see, folks that have made mistakes, folks that have run away, folks that weren't there for a loved one, um, f- so many different things that they've been carrying such guilt about and self negating. Um, thoughts about themselves because of what they've done 
and they didn't know that they even had a way to work it out and come through it. And they did make mistakes, and they did run away, and they didn't help when they should have. And they know it now, and they live with tremendous remorse and regret. Well, here's what we see. There's always a chance to build upon that experience to come alongside others now and to help in a way that you couldn't and didn't do before. Mimi calls that having um, planting the seeds. The seed has been planted, and in that regret, in that looking back, something good might come. It's a, it is a spiritual understanding, and yet I've seen so many people, even on our teams in the Institute, they understand things because of their own mistakes. Yeah. And their own and their own the things they did that weren't okay at all. And now they have the opportunity to become even more heartfelt, better caregivers, more committed, and they heal and they're healing themselves in the process. So I look at that as okay, I don't have a tremendous heart for people that run away. I can't say that, but at the same time I'm beginning to develop a better understanding that there is good that can come even out of that. Um, although at the time, I really encourage people not to run away and to hang in there because they're going to get through it as hard as it is and come through the other side better for it, not worse. So I still am very, very committed. We call it transformative resilience. Absolutely. Yes. I am absolutely committed to it. I live that way myself. And that involves all the difficulties that everybody else goes through. Yeah. But if for some reason folks run away where they don't have that resilience and they've made the mistakes that they're going to live with and the regrets and remorse and pain and I don't envy anyone that has to live with that because they've made bad choices there is a silver lining to it all it's a spiritual thing and Mimi calls it planting the seeds well you'll see there'll be a time in your life when you will be able to have an opportunity to almost make up for what you didn't do with others when they're in need. I have seen more people do that and I have do too. it so well. Yes. And they become the most empathetic, most caring, devoted, loving caregivers. And it's a beautiful thing to watch, but it involves transposing that pain they've been carrying into something more meaningful mm -hmm. and positive. And it's like a self-cleansing. Yes, and it's very. It's touching. a healing experience. Yeah, so for both is, both the people who give and the people who receive. Yeah, and this is not just for. So what we're putting out there is not just for the perfect ones. This is the kind of thing that implies applies to anyone. So we want to make sure that that message it comes from me, and I know I'm not always the best, most empathetic person for people that run away, and I ad admit it wholeheartedly. But I also do see there's a redeeming that can happen too. Although it'd be better if you don't run in the first place. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We know. We know that. Yep. Well, the Survivor's Guide to Life is made possible through a grant from Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity that relies entirely on donations from people like you. If our podcast and the information it provides benefits you or someone you care about, please support us by giving to Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment deductions donations are tax deductible and they're easy uh, please just go to www.sctraumatreatment.org and click on donations that's sctraumatreatment.org
Uh, you can also support us on social media. Uh, please like the Survivor's Guide to Life on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Uh, more information about our podcast is at our website, thesurvivorsguidetolife.com. If you have a question for Peter or myself, uh, you can email me at jenny at bernsteininstitute.com or call us at 707-781-3335. Thank you for listening, and please join us again next time.